Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 35 of the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. Thanks for listening. I always sincerely appreciate when you're able to take the time to listen in to Social Impact CX. I've had the opportunity to talk with a true customer experience expert recently on the subject of journey maps, customer journey maps. I recently talked with Carrie Bodine about service design, and during that conversation, we started talking about journey maps, which journey maps is a subject that Carrie knows a lot about. And we decided then that the subject of journey maps was so important that we should schedule a second recording session to talk just about journey maps. And of course, Carrie Bodine is also an author and a speaker. I highly recommend her book, Outside In. And in full disclosure, uh, my first exposure to journey mapping work was when I was a client of Forrester Research and worked closely with Carrie during her tenure at Forrester. Uh, She helped out myself and my team with journey maps. So our recording session on journey maps actually exceeded our prior conversation about service design, which was episode 33 and episode 34 of Social Impact CX. And given how important journey maps are to any customer experience initiative, and I think Carrie would agree with me on that, I'm very pleased to bring you episode 35, which is the first of three Social Impact CX episodes with Carrie on the subject of journey maps. You'll hear in this first part of our conversation that we really take it from the very beginning. What is a journey map? Why would you do a journey map? How important is visual representations of a customer's journey? What would you hope to get from journey mapping work? And and much more. And then in the second and third parts of our conversations, which I hope you will tune in for, our conversation on journey mapping as as it continues, we'll get into even more detail. Uh, But before we get started, my moment of gratitude as usual, I'd like to say how thankful I am for the Social Enterprise Alliance. As I record this episode of Social Impact CX, I'm getting ready to go to Chicago where I'll be attending the annual Social Enterprise Alliance Summit. And I can't wait to engage with such a great group of leaders focused on making things better for others. If you're somehow involved in a social impact organization and you're not familiar with Social Enterprise Alliance, you should really check out the great resources that they offer and see if there is a Social Enterprise Alliance chapter located somewhere near you. So let's get to the journey mapping discussion. For those of you who missed my introductions of Carrie Bodine in the recent Social Impact CX episodes on service design, Carrie Bodine is a consultant and author and speaker and a true expert in using journey maps to better understand customers. Uh, You can keep up with the latest and greatest from Carrie at her website, carriebodine.com, and you can also follow her on Twitter, where her handle is at carriebodine. So I hope you enjoy part one of my conversation with Carrie on the all-important subject of journey maps, and I hope you'll stay tuned for parts two and three of this fascinating conversation, which are to come sometime soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Social Impact CX podcast. I am very pleased to welcome back Carrie Bodine, who is now a return visitor to Social Impact CX. 
Uh, Carrie is an author, a consultant, a speaker, an advisor, and really an expert and thought leader in the field of customer experience work. She's appeared in the Wall Street Journal, as well as Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Fast Company, and I am a huge fan of her book, Outside In. Uh, if you've not read Outside In before, I, I really suggest that you check it out. I think it's one of the most important books out there in the world of customer experience. Um, Carrie previously joined us here at Social Impact CX to talk about service design and, and issues related to design and customer experience work. Uh, and that was a great conversation. I hope you check out those episodes. And I am really glad to have Carrie back again to talk about journey maps. Now, Carrie, um, I know you consult and you travel all over as a speaker. Uh, I'm gonna, again, stop talking and let you say hello uh, to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work these days um, and, and you know, your, your background with the journey maps and customer experience. Yeah, hi, John. I'm really happy to be back and talking about uh, one of my very favorite subjects, which is journey mapping. Uh, it's something that my company focuses a lot on. Um, we do a lot of journey mapping training and uh, journey map development projects with our clients um, across a, a whole variety of, of industries and, and sectors. Um, just a, a little bit about me. Um, so design is kind of the, the red thread through my entire career. I started designing and developing websites back in the mid-90s, really at, at the advent of um, the, the modern web. And uh, that, that really set me off into uh, learning more deeply about how people work, how people use technology. And I, I essentially transitioned my career from uh, helping people use technology, making technology easier to use, to making organizations uh, be easier to do business with. And uh, the, the whole concept of the journey is uh, a key aspect of that because people don't interact with organizations through just you know, isolated touch points at one moment in time. They are trying to complete tasks, uh, trying to accomplish goals, and, and that's where the journey comes in. So full disclosure for our listeners, um, I was previously a client of Carrie's when she was at Forrester Research, and that is when I was first exposed to her uh, great skills in the field of journey mapping. And so, Carrie, you know, we started our conversation in the prior episodes about service design, and I, I think if someone is interested in service design, or not even, uh, I think though if, if someone's interested in design, they're, they're, it's probably safe to say that they're interested in mapping the journey of whomever it is that they're working to serve. And so, so let's talk about specifically journey maps, especially since you're an expert in the field. Uh, if we could, um, let's take it from the top, just like we did with that service design uh, conversation, if this is okay with you. For someone who's new to customer journey maps, uh, what is a customer journey map? What's it all about? Why are they important? How do you, uh, how do you, what do you get from a journey map? What's the value proposition? If you could just uh, introduce the idea of journey maps to our listeners. Sure, happy to. So a journey map is essentially a diagram that visualizes the actions, thoughts, and feelings of a person or a group. And so um, when, I, when I talk about it, I, I tend to kind of break down that definition into its uh, various parts. So the first part is that it's a, a diagram that visualizes something. 
And so that, that visualization is really key. The visualization helps you see at a glance what's going on. And so the, the primary visualization in a journey map is a timeline that goes from left to right. And then from there, um, there, there are various uh, different flavors of journey maps that, that you'll see. But the most common one that you'll see is, uh, so you've got your, your x-axis, that, that horizontal line running from left to right, which is the timeline. And then you've got a y-axis that's going up and down. And typically that up and down is showing you uh, on the up parts, parts of the experience that are good. And on the down, uh, down slope, those are parts of the experience that are pain points that are not going well from the customer's perspective. And so that visualization is, is really, I think, essential to the value of a journey map. If you think about how our human brains are wired, we are wired to process visual information. Just think about like any time you've looked at a spreadsheet and tried to make sense of rows and columns of data and numbers and all of that, and then you put it into a, par a bar chart or into a pie chart or something like that, and suddenly everything makes sense and you can see the big picture. That's really why the, the visualization aspect of the journey map is so important. It just allows people to see at a glance really what what's going on and and it it just resonates so much more clearly than you know a 10 page story or you know a 50 page 50 slide um powerpoint with lots of different charts and, and other uh, you know text in it yeah. um so perhaps uh perhaps i am a uh, a graduate of the carrie bodine school of doing journey maps but <laughs> this is actually a huge point for me because also you know there's a lot of the, whether it's uh, the way a team might go about doing this or whether they're using a software package or whatever it is, there are outputs for journey maps that are actually like a spreadsheet or a data dump or a Gantt chart. And I don't personally think you're ever done until you have a picture. You have a visual that somebody, you can sit down with somebody and talk about what that means. I think bringing it to life with a visual is absolutely critical. I 100% agree. And essentially what we're visualizing in the map is the customer's story. So I think about it as the, you know, the, again, the actions, um, the thoughts, the emotions of a person or a group. Um, and, and it's, you know, all of that over time. So, you know, with that, that um, timeline that we talked about, um, you know, but the actions, thoughts, and, and emotions of a person or a group that's a story. Yes. And so it's really, I think, effective to think about your, your journey maps as storytelling devices. Yeah. And you've got yeah. a pro, you've got yeah. a protagonist. Yeah. What's that, John? Stories. What's that? Journeys are stories. Absolutely. That, that is so true. And I, and I think that people don't, don't really click with that. Um, but, but again, just as visualizations are, are so important to who we are as just human animals um, stories are are completely relevant to you know how we evolved and the way that we process information the way that we relate to each other um, you know when we get together with a you know a friend um, who we haven't seen for a while or even reconnect with uh, you know our, our partner or spouse at the end of the day you know we're telling them stories what's happened over the past few months what happened today at work um, 
you know, we, we, we love stories. We crave them. Um, it's why we go watch big blockbuster movies. It's why we read spy novels. You know, we, we love stories. It's, it's how our brain works. And so the more that we can bring that storytelling into our organizations, the more effective we're going to be at helping the organization understand our protagonist, understand really what they're going through. And then, you know, that, that also relates to, okay, well, if we're telling a story, there's an audience for the story. It's whoever is in our organization, um, perhaps um, the executive team, perhaps it's the IT group, perhaps it's marketing, you know, who, whoever it is, we're wanting them to take some action to, um, you know, think differently and behave differently. And so, We've got to tell a compelling story that uh, you know is is going to create that change. And and really, again, that's that's what journey maps are, and and that's why I think they're so effective um, as a customer experience tool, and and as really you know just just a, a straight up business tool to help people understand uh, what customers are going through, and and to help usher change into the organization. I, I think so too. When, when people ask why a journey map is important, I think the idea of presenting the story with with new insights to uh, to how you can tell the story by understanding what people are liking, what they're not liking, what's a good experience, what's a bad experience, where they're really stressed out, uh, where they're having a great time. Um, I think that is so critical and. Um, so, and you know, uh, this whole discipline, we've talked about this in the past, this whole discipline comes from the world of for-profit um, work and big brands work to better understand the stories of their customers so that they can sell them more and they can be more effective in, in their relationship with people uh, in terms of revenue and profit and all that. And then there's also benefits in terms of cost. But one of the things that I found when I was at ACT in the nonprofit world was that the better you understand somebody, the better you can help them. Um, and uh, so you can advance mission as well as advancing revenue and profit um, uh, by better understanding the story of whomever it is that you want to serve. And, and again, uh, you know, you might use the word customer, but you might say client or beneficiary or patient or student or whomever it is you're trying to, to serve, that, that's your customer still. And so those stories are absolutely critical. So ultimately, we're trying to change our organization's behavior, uh, you know, how, how we're uh, making decisions, how we're taking action, uh, what we're prioritizing in terms of funding. But all of that is with the eye on changing our customer's behavior. Uh, because we, you know, and again, as you said, in the for-profit world, uh, you know, we're wanting them to buy more or stay as a customer longer or, you know, whatever, call, call customer service less, you know, what, whatever that is. Um, but in the, the nonprofit world, um, you're still trying to change your customer's behavior. You're wanting them to stay on their physical therapy routine or, you know, uh, comply with their, um, their medicine. You're wanting them to study for a test. You're wanting them to make a bigger donation. You know, there, there are um, absolutely customer behaviors that, that we're trying to change. We need to change our, our internal operations and internal mindsets in, in order uh, for that to happen. I uh, totally agree. Uh, before we move on from the idea of, of the basics of a journey map, 
tell me about how a journey map relates to gaining empathy uh, for the, your customer or whomever it is you're trying to serve. Yeah, so a journey map is telling the story of uh, a person or sometimes multiple people. And, you know, we, we often think of our customers, again, whoever they be, whether they're supporters or donors or, or whoever, we're, we're thinking of them in terms of segments. You know, we're looking at women aged 25 to 35 who make this much money and generally live in the Northeast or, you know, whatever it is. And it's really hard to empathize with women who are 25 to 35 and, you know, have 1.5 children and da, da, da. You know, it's, it's, it's this big uh, a fuzzy idea and and we're again like this is really getting back to who we are as as humans you know we're we're not set up to empathize to identify with you know big fuzzy concepts that are out there we are wired to empathize with individual people or you know a few people who whoever those are our, our family members our friends and so what the journey map does is it pairs the the story of the protagonist with kind of the the background if you think about it it's it's kind of like the the backstory <laughs> maybe it's chapter 1 <laughs> of of the the novel um that really helps us get into the mindset get into the context of who the protagonist is and so you might have um you know your your journey map is for Olivia and Olivia is, um, you know, 17 years old and, you know, she's wanting to apply for college, but her family doesn't make a lot of money and she's, you know, struggling to figure out how this is going to happen for her, but she's got all these big goals and she's also got pressures and you know, she has to work a job, you know, it just tells the story of, of who that person is. And then, um, or, or again, kind of the, the background of who that person is. And then the journey map gets into, okay, what, what is that protagonist who now I feel, I feel invested in a little bit? What's their actual story? What are their pain points? What are they struggling with? And we often in journey maps bring in actual quotes from real customers that we've gathered through research um, that really bring the story to life. And, and it is real quotes sometimes, sometimes with, um, you know, some cuss words in it and sometimes uh, things that feel like a punch in the gut because we, we really want the organization to understand who the customer is and what they're really going through. And that's what develops the empathy. You know, it, it might be cleansed a little bit to be palatable, but it, we really try to create journey maps that are as true um, to who the customers are in their language so that we're really bringing that into the organization. Yep. And, and, you know, I think that level of understanding is, that's all about empathy. And, you know, the, the other thing is that I like, you touched on like the idea of a chapter you know, uh, journey maps can also get down to pretty discrete events. You know, the, the journey of a customer can have more than one part to it. And some of those parts might be good and some of those parts might be bad. And I think gaining those understandings um, are pretty key as well. Absolutely. So, so speaking of good and bad experiences, you know, given I know you, you've done workshops and you've worked with a multitude of clients, um, are there any... Any experiences or journey map findings that you can share um, that either led to uh, those insights led to a better improved outcome because an organization or business was able to take action and, and make something better 
or even um, even stop those insights allowed somebody to stop doing something that was creating a bad experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've got a couple of my, my favorite stories from over the years, and some of them are seemingly quite small, the outcomes, and, and some of them are actually quite eye-dropping in terms of, um, you know, the financial impact or, or the impact on customers. Um, so one of the small ones, um, we, we worked with American Water uh, uh, several years ago, and, and they're one of uh, my, my past clients who I'm actually able to, to talk about their work a little bit. Uh, and what was really interesting, we, we were looking at the movement experience. So um, if, you're, if you're listening, if you've ever uh, moved into uh, a new home or an apartment and you essentially, you need to get the water bill um, you know, turned over into your name, that, that's the process that we were looking at. Okay. And one of the things that we found through the journey mapping uh, initiative that we did with them was that their customers really had no idea where to start. Um, you know, they had no idea who to contact. Some of these, uh, you know, people were first-time home buyers. They had never done this before. And, um, you know, so, so, so where do you start? Well, where would you start? probably Google, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Googling something, you know, related to turn on water for my home, you know, something, something really basic. Um, and what they realized is that they had 200 different customer facing phone numbers. Wow. Um, they, they, they did operate at, at the time they were operating um, in, in multiple states and, you know, they, they had um, both commercial and residential. And, and so, you know, there, there were definitely reasons why they needed multiple phone numbers but um, you know the 200 was just completely overwhelming and so people were calling the wrong numbers and getting transferred and you know all of this and and of course it was a frustrating experience for the customers um, and it was their first experience with um, you know American water um, but it also was costly for the organization you can think about you know, people getting phone calls um, and they have to pay those customer service reps and it is not, you know, it's not the right call and that that costs money to take that call and then have to transfer it somewhere else. And so they essentially um, embarked on, um, you know, a, a simplification of uh, their, their contact strategy and also um, some search engine optimization work that would make sure that people were getting, um, you know, to the right place when, when they did a, a Google search. And so, you know, that, that's a, I think a, a great, it, it sounds kind of simple, like, oh, it's just, who do you call? But it had a big impact on customers and it also had, had a big impact on the organization. It's very interesting as I've worked on some customer journey projects, you know, even where people are overall pretty happy, many times one of the findings is that that first phase to get into discovery and actually getting information, finding information, that can be a very common point of frustration. And so that's very interesting that that's one of the examples that, that you use. So um, uh, other examples of, of, of good or bad outcomes and, and actions that organizations could take? Yeah, my, my, favorite, my favorite story to tell is I was working with a, a large bank. Um, again, this was a, a couple of years ago. And um, th this story to me really speaks about the internal assumptions that organizations have. You know, they, they often think, you know, we, we know our customers, we know what they need. Sometimes even we know better what they need than, than they do. 
we were looking at a, a part of the organization that was doing business to business lending. And so they were essentially uh, uh, creating loans of a particular type for mid-sized businesses. And when they were looking at this experience and, and trying to, honestly, trying to do the right thing, trying to put themselves within, in the shoes of their customers who were CFOs at these mid-sized companies, they knew that there was a particular pain point. And when I'm saying new, I'm, I'm doing air quotes over here. You can't see me, but um, uh, they knew that there was a particular pain point at one part of the process where they were essentially just dumping a whole ton of physical paperwork uh, on these CFOs. And, um, you know, that was the part of the, the loan process where, you know, they just, they had to go through all, all the signing and, and, you know, making sure um, you know, that, that everything was in order in order to actually to process the loan. So very paperwork heavy. They knew this was a problem and they were just about ready to invest a very, very large sum of money in fixing this process. And essentially, you know, it was, it was a technology fix. They, they were going to automate uh, and, and digitize this entire process. So there, there wasn't all this paperwork. And so they, they said, you know what, before we do this, let's bring in customers, let's map out this entire journey, let's just check our assumptions uh, and you know, figure out if this is really the right thing to do. And so the CFOs came in, we did a, we did a workshop, we brought in um, their, their actual customers, people who had gone through this whole loan application um, process recently, and we brought in multiple people from various departments um, across the bank. Uh, who were responsible for, for touching this particular um, experience and, and journey in some way. And uh, we got them all together, had them start talking about the journey. And what the CFOs said, really collectively as a group was, yeah, you know, you send us all this paperwork, but the reality of this is, is that we have teams to deal with this. Like that's their job, you know? So that's really not a problem. What's a problem is that we don't really understand the whole terms of this loan upfront. And so what they were essentially begging for um, during this conversation was the equivalent of um, you know, XYZ, XYZ for dummies, you know, whatever, whatever the name of this loan product was, but XYZ for dummies is, is what they wanted. And you can imagine that creating XYZ for dummies was a heck of a lot cheaper than investing a very large sum of money to digitize you know, their, their manual paperwork. Uh, part of the process. That's not to say that the digitization didn't happen sometime later, but you know that feedback from the customers and understanding that that full end-to-end -end journey for them allowed them to make more effective and um, you know profitable for the bank decisions about where they were investing their money and their resources. That is so interesting and given some of the conversations I've had with executives. Um, one of the things you said as you were in the middle of that story was that the, the executives started, they viewed this as let, let's, let's see the results and then figure out if this is the right thing to do. Um, right. You know, when I was at ACT and that's where we first got to um, work together and know each other a bit, um, that we were focused on helping underserved students, first-generation students, students from different underserved backgrounds, low-income, whatever it was. Um, and 
um, understanding the process as they signed up for a standardized test and they took the test and all those things, they got the score report. Uh, it really, those results really allowed us to sit and have a conversation with not only leadership, but then also uh, cross-functional colleagues from the IT team to the product team to the, to the customer service team to, you know, what's the right thing to do here? And so I think that is one of the most important outputs you get from a journey map. And this is why it needs to be visual, I think, also, is that allowing your, your team internally, whether it's leadership or other people, to sit and look at a common picture that's research-based and then have a conversation about what's the right thing to do here. Um, and it may be... It may allow you to streamline or, or be more effective or reduce costs or take advantage of a, a loyalty scenario, whatever that is. But also, you know, it, it can really, under the right thing to do, um, it, it allows you to see sometimes where you can help people more. And whether you're trying to generate profits or whether you're trying to advance your mission, I think that is such an extraordinary um, uh, value that journey mapping brings. It's, it's probably is why I'm such a big fan of it. So, yeah, and I would, I'd love to just strengthen one of the things that you said about bringing all of the different people together from, uh, you know, from from all the different functions for that. Uh, for anyone listening, this is so so key because when you think about it, the the journey, as I mentioned earlier, really aligns with a goal that your customers have or some task that they're trying to accomplish. And those goals and those tasks don't just fit into one little box on your org chart. You know, so someone is, um, you know, as they're trying to accomplish a, a particular goal or task, they're working with your marketing team and potentially, you know, an external um, marketing or ad agency that you're working with. And then maybe, you know, sales is involved and then operations and IT and legal might be involved and, you know, and, and on and on and on. Um, you know, or parts of the organization like finance and human resources, you know, all of these different parts of the organization impact the customer journey in yeah. one way or another. And by getting all of those people together, they collectively can see that picture and, and truly start to realize for themselves how they need to start working together better, you know, having better communication, better uh, collaboration across different functions, across different channels. Um, because, you know, it, it just doesn't work to go up to someone and say, hey, you need to start collaborating with the web team, or you need to start working with sales more, or, or whatever it is. It, it's so much more effective if they, can, if they can start to see that for themselves. And so I often talk about this as co-creation, but that that cross-functional co-creation is is such an important part of this. Yep. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. If you have not started your journey mapping work in a collaborative sense, then you're not done. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's such a valuable tool to sit down and really then gain a better, you, you know, your colleagues in product or your colleagues in finance or your colleagues in IT aren't doing something related to a good or bad experience just because they want to do it that way. There's always much broader implications and it could be because they've always done it that way. It could be because there's very real limitations to a system or um, some sort of policy or whatever it is. And, and actually a journey map is a tremendous 
um, uh, platform to bring people together from across the organization and then talk about what those are. And then once you have a better understanding of why things are happening the way they're happening, that's when you can really start the conversation about how to address them. Um, and what's kind of crazy though, is that uh, if you do this work within a uh, medium sized organization or larger, you'll get very quickly to your annual budgeting exercise. It's, it's kind of, it, it, it brings the idea of resources and priorities to the table pretty quickly. It's, it's kind of wild. The first time I saw this happen, I was really kind of surprised. But um, it, it's such a, uh, it's so important to be collaborative to get that broader view. So yeah, the, the underlying piece of this that, that you quickly get to is, you know, how are we supporting this journey? Or how are we thwarting this journey? And, and in the previous uh, podcast that we did on service design, we, we talked about the entire ecosystem, um, which is essentially you know, the, the people, the processes, the technology, the policies, the partners, everything that is involved in, um, and, and responsible, I would say, for delivering the journey as it is today, or you know, delivering, you know, making changes to it so that you can deliver the journey that you want to in the future. Right. And so, yeah, you you very quickly get into those decisions. You you start looking at where the organization is allocating its its funds and and where it's not, and and also you start looking at you know, well why are we doing things a certain way? Um, and, and, and when did this even start? <laughs> I was working with an insurance company earlier this year and uh, we, were, we were doing a workshop together and the, what we were looking at there was uh, essentially the, the renewal experience. And they said, okay, well at 60 days, we send out this uh, renewal letter, basically telling them that you know, their policy is gonna expire, they need to renew. And then at 30 days, we send out another letter. And they were like, wait, wh why, do, why do we send out the 60-day letter? Like, do people even care about this? Is this actually helping customers? How much is this costing us? Um, and, and why did we start doing this? Really, what was, the, what was the reason? And is that reason even valid anymore? So, so yeah, you, you really do, um, through this exercise, start to examine some of the, the key operational and, and financial decisions of the organization. It's so true. And, uh, and then to bring back, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. I mean, you, you need to be collaborating if you're going to go down the path to make some of these discoveries, because otherwise you're going to find yourself in a very awkward position of telling product or finance or IT or whomever, no, no, you're doing this wrong. And if you don't have... You don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Uh, if you don't have the established relationship and the established collaboration of, hey, we're all part of this, we're all trying to make this better, then uh, you've, you've got a pretty tough situation in front of you by telling somebody you're doing X wrong, our journey map says this. It should be all of the organization's journey map so that we all can try and be better. That's, that's the only way you're really gonna make progress. And you're gonna do that by bringing people along for the ride from the very beginning. This has been Social Impact CX podcast, episode 35. The first segment of three in my ongoing journey map conversation with customer experience expert, Carrie Bodine. If you found our conversation interesting, you can find Carrie online at carriebodine.com 
and her Twitter handle is also at Carrie Bodine. Do you have thoughts or questions about journey maps after listening to episode 35 of Social Impact CX with Carrie? As always, you can ask a question or make a comment here at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at socialimpactcx.com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is at socialimpactcx. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. You can also find me on Twitter at the handle John F. Corrigan. Uh, We've expanded where you can find Social Impact CX, and hopefully you'll be listening to it wherever you get your podcast. We are now on Spotify, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, many other places like SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, If you're following us one of those locations, please feel free to post a question in the comments section, and we'll do our best to keep up with you and respond. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.